Hi folks, thanks for tuning in to Sunday School Bonanza. We're happy to be here to bring you a Gospel Doctrine Rundown. Maybe our discussion can be of use to you in preparing your lesson, in preparing to go to your lesson, or if you don't have the opportunity to go to your lesson. That's also uh, a great thing that you can help out. Anyways, I'm losing my words. Eric Meldrum's here in the house again this week. Hi Jeff, how you doing? Hi Eric, good to see you. Nice to have you here. Thanks. How are you? Sorry, I'm well. I, I'm. Hey, it's springtime here in D.C. The cherry blossoms are out. The the weather's nice and hot, and uh, life is good. Very hot. We're actually sitting here in this sort of sweltering cave recording right now because air conditioning is not a part of my life at present, but what can you do? Anyways, moving along. This lesson is Lesson 14, The Law of Consecration. We're excited to talk about this one. Um, Eric and I have been talking about this one for a month. A month getting ready for what we're going to do. Uh, there's a lot to say about the law of consecration, but first off, I do enjoy the attention activity in this case. It's straightforward, but it does illustrate the point of things and what's going to happen. Your teacher might give you a pen and pencil, piece of paper, and just ask you to list five of your most valuable possessions or valued possessions. Um, then, of course, we need to read Doctrine and Covenants, section 104, 13, and 14, where it says, For it is expedient that I, the Lord, should make every man accountable as a steward over earthly blessings, which I have made and prepared for my creatures. I, the Lord, stretched out the heavens and built the earth, my very handiwork, and all things therein are mine. So I guess the question is, what do we learn about this, about the things that we possess? Eric, do you have any thoughts here? Well, I mean, obviously, the, the scripture tells us that... Uh, Everything is the Lord's, everything in the universe, uh, you know, whether it's on this earth and the solar systems, they were all, they're all created by the Lord. Um, I, I, I do like to think that, uh, you know, in the, in the pre-mortal existence, when we, uh, when we were there, when we were talking about our plans with Heavenly Father and we were, you know, kind of, he was showing us how things were going to go down there, yeah. uh, down here that, um, you know, he, 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 I, I'm sure that was a, a good selling point was, was right. we had the opportunity to see, you know, this, this beautiful creation of earth and all the possessions thereof, all the things that God had created. And so I, I don't think it was a very tough sell in that sort of. <laughs> exactly. Sort but of, of course, once we're, once we're past the veil, then we easily think, no, this is mine. It's mine. And this goes with the idea of consecration. And, and the simple question, of course, what does it mean to actually consecrate something? It means to set apart or dedicate something to the service of, of the Lord. So the law of consecration is an organized way in which individuals consecrate their time, talents, and possessions to the church uh, to build up the kingdom. Um, the, the basic way I think to sum this up is nothing, how, do you, how would we say this? Everyone had their stuff that they worked for, but it was all given up to the Lord, to the church, um, for the betterment of the entire church at large. Mm -hmm. So, and many have argued that it's very similar to communism. Of course, it's not exactly like that. Um, right, some really, really key differences. And I, I like what you said, you know, consecrating means to make something sacred. And I think the law of consecration was, it, is a way that the Lord provides to make his people sacred, to yeah. make them more holy, more in line with, with his will. Yeah, and the, and the incredible thing is, of course, the law of consecration is voluntary. It was a commandment, but like all commandments, we have to choose whether or not to live it. And that's one of the key things about it. It's, a, it's an eternal law. It's rooted in spiritual principles. And it's really all about whether we choose to do it or not. And we see, and we, we could potentially see through this lesson, that uh, the problem was the saints struggled to live it fully. And it's a law that hasn't gone away. It's simply that we've been given a lesser law, which, of course, is 
tithing effectively now. And that's the main thing. So, um, but to backtrack a little bit, purposes of Lord of the law of consecration. Uh, we've got a lot of scriptures here. I think we can just read them off. Eric, mm-hmm. you can go ahead. All right. So the, the first purpose it lists is uh, to care for the poor and the needy. Um, and that refers to Doctrine and Covenants 42, verses 31 and th- through 34. Um, and that says, uh, I won't read the whole scripture there, yeah, okay. um, but verse 31 says, And inasmuch as ye impart of your substance unto the poor, ye will do it unto me. Um, which I, I, I think is an interesting interesting yeah. phrase. It, uh, it goes back to Matthew 25, the, the parable of the sheep and the goats, where the Savior, in essence, says, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto the one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Um, that w- that's an essential principle in the law of consecration um, is that we are to treat our fellow men as we would treat the Lord, treat the Savior, and take care of them. We are to take care of each other. That's a commandment. Absolutely. Now, a couple more I'll read here. All in Doctrine and Covenants, section 42, first in verse 35, uh, talks about the purpose is to be able to build, to purchase land, build houses of worship, and to build the new Jerusalem. Verse 40 uh, discusses how it's important to help the Lord's people overcome pride. I really think this is an important one. The, the living the law of consecration helps us get over pride or greed because it makes us less materialistic. It makes us not feel that that ownership of stuff is what we should be coveting in this life. We, well, we shouldn't covet anything, but what we should covet is a closer relationship with God. And I, I absolutely believe that it helps us be humble. I think tithing in the same way now is a great way to help us forget ourselves, give to the Lord's what is the Lord's, and, uh, and be humbled a little bit, be closer to him. Yeah, I, I think it also provides a degree of freedom, freedom from that uh, addiction to possessions, that uh, materialism. Um, so all the Lord's commandments set us free in one way or another, eventually. Yeah, and the last one, and then of course, is to help the people to be industrious and avoid idleness. And I think that goes without saying, because and that's a huge difference. We don't want to get political on the show, but there are many who could argue that... Um, and I like drawing these parallels because people would say it was communism. If it were communism, it would simply be the church in this thing just doling out everything to people so that all were equal. Whereas the law of consecration involved everyone working and being motivated to build the kingdom of God. Huge difference. Huge mm-hmm. difference. So. Motivation's a huge factor there. Yeah. Um, going on, some of the other purposes it lists are to help the Lord's people be one. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first uh, records of people living the law of consecration in the scriptures were the people of Enoch, um, who, uh, as it it says, they, they were one, they were, they were perfectly united in heart and mind and, uh, there were no poor among them. And that was the people that the Lord called Zion. Um, going on uh, another purpose, it says to make the Lord's people equal in earthly things and help them receive a place in the celestial kingdom. Um, other purposes to help the church stand independent above all other creatures to help help the members of the church and the church as a whole to not be dependent on um, any any outside body it's completely self-sufficient within itself and and the law of tithing still serves the same purpose today um, and then finally uh, to help the Lord's people improve their talents for the good of all, seek the interest of their neighbor, and do all things with an eye single to God's glory. Um, it, the, the question it asks there is, how can living the law of consecration help the Lord's people develop greater charity? Um, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. 
That's a that's a great question. It is a good question, actually. Um, and, and this is actually a question that I've 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 wondered a lot about: is how do we develop greater charity? Um, you know, you see faith, hope, and charity in the scriptures linked so often together, and and I get faith and I get hope, um, but sometimes I I feel like the the connection between charity is a little a little more nebulous. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we'll 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 keep going with that. Just something to think about. It is so. Um, Obviously, with all this, it's clear the law of consecration is spiritual in every way. And I think that is something uh, that is very important to remember. And now we can talk about some of the ways, uh, perhaps some of the ways they lived it during the early days of the church in Ohio and Missouri, and even in Utah. But of course, some saints lived it well. The church as a whole uh, failed to live it. So uh, one thing we talked about here was consecrating possessions. I think that's a little more pretty straightforward that the church members voluntarily gave their possessions to the church. But it was by legal deed, which was interesting. It wasn't just that they just said, here's this. They actually, whatever it was, they deeded it to the church, and it was the Lord's property, uh, very much so. Uh, Receiving stewardship, this one's kind of interesting. Are you familiar with this one, Eric? Uh, Yeah, I mean, the the bishops had responsibility in each each ward to um, determine— basically what each family within his ward needed in order to take care of themselves. And he, he took from uh, all the possessions that had been consecrated and uh, gave, you know, gave to each family as they needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was given as a deed, which is interesting. The stewardship was treated as private property. Yeah. Not yeah, as communal not, property. Yeah. Was, no communal gardens. Just everyone yeah. had their own plots. Yes, no Stalinist fields in Ukraine this time around. I'm sorry. Right. But, um, and of course, surpluses happened from time to time. If that was the case, I went to the bishop's storehouse. And a lot of this was the basis for the bishop's storehouse today. And that was saved to, to help the poor and the needy and uh, others along those lines. And they called this this organization to carry it out, the United Order, which you've probably heard of in the church. It's in Doctrine and Covenants 92, uh, verse 1. And uh, he always talked about the United Order, the Lord as sort of the way it was organized. And you'll hear that phrase thrown around a lot. And really that just means sort of the administrative vehicle by which the law of consecration was organized in the church. Yeah, so kind of like, I, I mean, kind of like the executive branch of the federal government, you know, the law of consecration, the united order is the the body that carries that out. Yeah, So exactly. Uh, then we learned the law of consecration is this eternal law. We see that it won't go away. The important thing is to remember that it's never been... Um, retracted, you could say. It's still there on the books. Different prophets through the eras have taught us how to live it or not, or how to live parts of it, for example. But you find in, in the book of Moses, in the Acts, in 4th Nephi, all these examples of the people of Enoch, of the saints after the Savior's resurrection of the Nephites, living forms of the law of consecration. I think it would be pretty interesting to live to live that today. I mean, sometimes we think tithing is such a sacrifice. But could you imagine if President Monson got up at the next conference in six months and said, all right, it's on. Just give it up. How well, would we feel? I mean, that would be amazing. I don't really have a whole lot to give up, so uh, <laughs> I don't, you know. Yeah, what about us apartment dwellers? I don't understand. What. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm about ready to give up my car anyway. Um, oh, no, the Nissan? Yeah, it's... Uh, puttering out, huh? Puttering out a little bit. As most Nissans do, everyone. <laughs> Only only so many hundreds of thousands of miles you can put on those things. So I guess the question is, and you can feel free to just chime in, how can we live the law of consecration now then? Um, I would say, well, one, one thing that I've been thinking about um, 
I was reading section 29 of the Doctrine and Covenants and, and you know, the, the, the scripture that's very famous from section 29 is about how all commandments are spiritual and not temporal. Um, but later on, there's, there's, a, there's a really revealing passage where um, the Lord talks about how in the, in the pre-mortal existence, um, Satan rebelled and was trying to usurp, basically was trying to get the Lord to um, give up his honor, which in, in a very revealing little passage, it says, uh, give me thine honor, which is my power. Um, yeah. the, the, <clears throat> the thing that separates God from us is his perfect integrity, his perfect honesty, his honor and uprightness. And I think that's the reason why the original inception, at least the, the 1830s inception of the law of consecration failed was, was just, um, just not 100% trustworthiness. And we need to be that today. If mm-hmm. we're, you know, if, if, if there's even the slightest bit of, um, guile or mistrust in our lives, then, then we're not ready to live the law of consecration. So that's, well, that's, that's a really good point. <laughs> I don't even know how to add to that, but, uh, it's interesting. One thing that Brigham Young said, uh, if you read uh, section 19, it was a warning that the Lord gave Martin Harris in this verse to overcome covetousness, which I think is a big roadblock to the law of consecration. Um, but Brigham Young, sorry, Brigham Young said, I am more afraid of covetousness in our, our elders than I am of the hordes of hell, all our enemies in the world and all the hell with them marshaled against us could not do us the injury that covetousness in the hearts of this people could do us, for it is idolatry. I think that is fascinating. And those are some strong words uh, from the prophet of the time to not covet things, that it's wonderful for us to have comfortable, good lives, but to not make that our idol. I think that's that's pretty legit. Um, other things to consider, of course, other things we can do to, to make these sacrifices now. Pay our tithing and fast offerings. I have a huge testimony of that. I think it's one of the most beneficial things we can do for ourselves and to build the Lord's kingdom. And, you know, serve willingly in the church. Don't say no to a calling. If you get a calling, don't, you know, do it halfway. Make it count. Magnify it. Find ways to carry it out that haven't been thought of before even. Don't just treat any calling like it's run-of-the-mill, even if it seems simple and basic, it's, you know, on on surface value. Um, Really rock it. And, you know, go on a mission if you're so inclined. That's a good way to to consecrate your time. Um, I I, I think about this, and I I think about... You know, one of my favorite phrases in the scriptures is from the Sermon on the Mount, um, where Jesus uh, tells his disciples to consider the lilies and uh, how, you know, Solomon, even in all of his glory, was not clothed or arrayed such as these uh, these lilies. Um, the Lord takes care of us. If we're doing the best yeah. we can and we're paying our tithing and we're you know, just striving to do a little bit more each and every day, the Lord takes care of us. He makes things work out. And I have an incredible testimony of that. Um, you know, I've, I've been down on my luck before I've had, you know, times where, where things are rough. Um, and I know countless other people who have it, all of us do, but if we just keep that faith and keep doing the best we can, the Lord makes it work out. So absolutely. I think that's a great note to end on actually. So the law of consecration is fascinating. Ideally in the perfect organization of things, it will it will be come back. It will resurrect again. And it won't just be that we're about paying tithing. It will be about giving up everything we have happily and willingly uh, to building the Lord's kingdom. Uh, some other great recommendations. There's a 
where is this from? There's some great stuff that Elder Neil A. Maxwell said. If you want to find a conference report from the 1995 Ensign in November, just look for it there. We don't have time to read through all of it right now. But uh, definitely there are some great ways to consecrate our talents and our abilities and our resources unto the Lord. And just as Eric said, he will bless us immensely. And I echo everything you have just said, Eric. I think it's absolutely true. And I've seen it when I have forgotten myself and gone to work in the vineyard. That's when I've seen some of the best blessings of my life, hands down. So uh, find us, of course, at thisweekinmormons.com, facebook.com slash thisweekinmormons, at the real Twim on Twitter. Shoot us an email, contact at thisweekinmormons.com. And this has been lesson number 14 from the Church History and Gospel Doctrine Manual, The Law of Consecration. Eric Meldrum, very much enjoyed having you here with us today. Hey, thanks, Jeff. You weren't planning to do a primary song solo this time, were you? I think we're okay. Okay. I love those kids, though. Thanks. Oh, my goodness. The (laughs) things they say, you'll never hear the song, Hello, Hello, sung so enthusiastically (laughs) in your life. Anywho, this has been Sunday School Bonanza brought to you by This Week in Mormons. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and we hope you have a really good Sunday, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.